So we're going down the road. We got a mud flap missing, and we got the ABS lamp on the trailer lit up. What does that mean? Inspect me. Inspect me. It says, come inspect me. I'm lonely. So that was just a bit of the wisdom of the many years of experience from behind the wheel to where he is today as a consultant for fleets mostly small and some larger. That'd be the wisdom of one Jeff Davis and his fleet safety services business operating out of a home base in Ohio. He's been a regular presenter at the National Association of Small Trucking Companies now for years. And that's where I caught the audio you heard there. Davis was addressing a packed house of owner operators and other small fleet owners on the topic of practical steps to take to avoid inspections. That is, you just don't need them. I'm Todd Dills, your host for this February 23rd, 2024 edition of Overdrive Radio, where we'll hear more about that ABS malfunction indicator on the trailer. Regular readers will recall those trailer malfunction indicators were a focus of the 2023 road check inspection blitz. And leading into the event, I found that warning light systems on trailers accounted for well more than half of all air brake related ABS violations. There's a reason for that, as Davis noted. When something's awry, that light comes on, giving an easy visual cue for an officer to inspect. And if you're inspected, well, it's a likelihood of violations and issues then that can compound for you or your small fleet. This year, Roadcheck's focus is drug and alcohol, but another piece of the braking system too namely the tractor protection system that's a failsafe designed to keep pressure in the air system in the event of a big loss somewhere. My colleague Alex Lockie here with Overdrive this week spoke to Jeremy Disbro with CVSA, an inspection specialist and longtime law enforcement officer, about how they check the tractor protection system, a standard part of level one inspection. Disbro said many among operators he's experienced through the years take the wrong approach to it. Here's what inspectors do to make certain it's working correctly and maintaining at least 20 PSI in the system. Inspectors typically chalk the wheels to make sure the truck doesn't roll away, then release all its brakes, then pop both glad hands. They remove the glad hands from the truck and trailer and listen to the air escaping. Once it stops, they go back up to the cab, and as long as pressure in the system is 20 PSI or higher, all is well. If testing that valve that way isn't part of your pre-trip, consider it making it one, Jeremy Dispro said, and beware lesser approaches to the process, he added. You know that a lot of guys think they're testing for it when they pump down the brakes and wait for the dash valve to pop out, but it's not really the same thing. Find Alex Lockie's reporting with more detail from that overview for Road Check this year, happening in mid-May at overdriveonline.com. I'll post the link to it in the show notes too. As for downstream ramifications of any individual inspection, if Warren McCurdy's story from a couple weeks back wasn't enough, Jeff Davis at the NASTIC conference sought to emphasize ways you can minimize the likelihood of getting sideways with auditors and roadside officers. And here's how he set the stage for the talk. What we want to do today is hopefully help you in the future with your roadside inspections and how to prepare for a DO2 audit. Those two things go hand in hand. Number one, how do we avoid roadside inspection? You say, Jeff, why do you want to talk about that? Well, the reason I want to talk about how to avoid roadside inspections is it's roadside inspections eventually 
work right into a DMT compliance, which eventually works into your insurance, which eventually works into the courtroom. So you have a number of things going on that start with a roadside inspection. Jeff Davis then asked for questions from the audience by which he could tailor his talk. Given the subject, they duly came. Question is, how do you volunteer for an inspection? Okay. Any other questions? Good question. We'll get to it. Better yet, Davis summarized the next question this way. <laughs> Why would you volunteer for an inspection? That's a better question. Clearly, he touched a nerve with this topic. Another small fleet owner in the audience asked about the quandary of having no inspections on the official record in this day and age and trying to work with the myriad brokers in the marketplace. So many, he said, view a carrier with no inspections de facto as a potential double broker, not a risk worth taking. The question spawned a veritable eruption of discussion throughout the room as another owner then set Davis up for what was to come amid all the crosstalk with this. The question is, does law enforcement have criteria on how they choose you for a roadside inspection? Oh, I have you 50 bucks, could you just set me up perfectly? After the break, plenty more on that question and a re-emphasis of the import of any adverse roadside inspection as it flows through the federal CSA safety measurement system into the federal compliance review program and owner operators and other small fleets insurance rates, prospects for business, more. So keep tuned. Are freezing temps putting the brakes on your diesel engine? For unbeatable protection against diesel fuel gelling, trust the experts at House Products. Stock up on House Diesel Treat, the nation's most trusted anti-gel, and to be safe from the harshest winter conditions, make sure you have House Diesel Lifeline on hand. The fastest acting gelling rescue product. Available nationwide, House Products are designed to keep you rolling through the toughest conditions. House, tested, trusted, guaranteed. Visit houseproducts.com. That's H-O-W-E-S. Houseproducts.com. If you're looking ahead to the Mid-America Trucking Show next month, March 21st through the 23rd in Louisville, Kentucky, no doubt join Overdrive at the Big Partners of Business Seminar Friday the 22nd at 2.45 p.m. with ATBS on owner-operator survival strategies and tactics to thrive in a down market like the present. But keep an eye out for news from House Products as well about a new inductee into their House Hall of Fame in addition to more from the company. Stop by their booth there and tell them Todd from Overdrive Radio sent you. Hope to see you in Louisville. Okay, here's Jeff Davis getting into the meat of his talk around the full import of roadside inspections, the National Association of Small Truck Companies Conference in Nashville this past November. Here we go. Uh, my job is to help motor carriers. I love working with the smaller carriers. I work with large carriers and small carriers. I work with a number of motor carriers that are going through the new entry process. Just to give you an idea of that, in the state of Ohio, each month right now, there's 543 new entrants coming into the, the state at any one month at a time. So it's a huge overflow of, of new carriers coming in. But what we want to talk about is how can we run our company better? How can we stay, how can we avoid roadside inspections? When I started going over this stuff, people thought it was crazy. All about you can't avoid roadside inspections. I really think you can. I think the data is out there. I think it's really obvious of how you can work through 
as you drive down the road, how you can avoid those inspections. And the reason being is, the more inspections you avoid, all right, the slower, the lower your scores are. It's absolute proven fact that the more they inspect you, the more violations they're going to find. The less they infect, inspect you, the less violations they're going to find. So the key is, how do we drive our trucks down the road without getting a roadside inspection? I'll give you an example. Uh, last year, Indiana gave 5,000 tickets to truck drivers, or 5,000 inspections to truck drivers that did not wear their seatbelt. So 5,000 times. I've got the state enforcement officer on the on video saying, you know what that is? That's 5,000 drivers that gave the excuse to look inside their truck. So when we start looking at some of the data, we'll see that most of the roadside inspections, in fact, well over 50%, and even 70% in some cases can be avoided if we did the right things at the right time. When you look at the fiscal year of roadside inspections with uh, CSA database, just came to a close. And when you look at it, you'll see that 33%, almost 34% of all roadside inspections were done on fleet sizes from one to six. So out of the 3 million, 2.9 million inspections that we had last year, about 34% of them were on small fleets. Now the question is, how many small fleets are there versus large fleet trucks, so on and so forth. That should be very eye-opening. So when you're driving down the road and you get a potential for a roadside inspection, all right, the investigators will use their software, which is one of our questions, which we'll get into, uh, how to pull you over and when to pull you over in some cases. 34% of the time, fleets one to six. 50% of the time, uh, fleets one to 20. So a lot of small carriers are getting a lot of roadside inspections. And you're gonna say, oh, hey, I got two trucks I've been running for you know, three years and I've had one roadside inspection. Great. If you want more, call me and I'll call the state director and I'll get you as many as you want. But I don't think you want that. That's a good thing. It can be tough with brokerages trying to prove that you're really in business. All right, and I don't know there's a good answer for that other than get some roadside inspections. I'll show you how to do that, but you might not want it because you'll get violations when we do. Hey, what are the consequences of a roadside inspection? It all starts with driver performance. It's what we do as drivers, it's what your drivers do, the way they perform and drive on the road, which initially will issue you your CSA scores. So if you have drivers with no violations, you'll have low scores, you won't have enough data in there to get a score, and you'll look good, at least in the CSA scorecard. If the opposite happens, if you end up getting a number of inspections and you get into the alert status, I think one of the questions is, how do you know if you're gonna get audit or where are you on the audit scale? Uh, what they do in state to state is each month, the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration sends out to every state a ranking of the motor carriers 
basically how many alerts they have, what their scores are, and then each state can manually break up those audits. I'll give you an example in Ohio. Ohio is divided into four quadrants, and they divide the motor carriers by domicile into the four, four different sections, and then they divide it by auditor, and it comes up as a ranking on their laptop, just like the top 10 in football, or the AP rankings. So the carriers with the highest violations, highest numbers, highest alerts, go high on the list. Now there's another reason for an audit. Uh, the other main reason I see for audits are direct complaints. If a driver complains to the FMCSA, the FMCSA determines that's a non-frivolous complaint, then at that point, they can initiate an investigation. But usually today, in most cases, it's driven by your CSA score. So your driver performance equals your CSA scores. Your CSA scores are what initiates an audit, and eventually that will initiate your safety fitness rate. See how that works? So if we control the data at the top, the input of our data, our driver performance, not easy to do, but if we're able to do that, if we hold our drivers accountable, if we have a good safety culture, that will eventually lower our scores. Once we get lower our scores, we'll be less on the audit radar. Make sense? Now all we have to do is just control roadside inspections. That's the beginning point, so we'll work with that. When we look at roadside inspections, and this is data that's gone on for two or three years, some rough numbers here. We know that when we look at all three, or 2.9 million, 3 million inspections, we know that about a third of the time, the inspection is triggered by a miserable defect. About a third of the time, the inspection is triggered by unsafe driving. And a third of the time, it's driven by the motor carrier's ISS. That's ISS, or Inspection Selection System. Every motor carrier has an ISS rating, as regular listeners and long-time overdrive readers will be well aware. That ISS number has a big effect on the efficacy of bypass systems like prepass and drivewise for preclearance. Have a high ISS score? Those systems are going to be less effective for actually getting the green light and bypassing the scales. High ISS numbers for any motor carrier, Davis goes on to explain, mean effectively a greater priority placed on that carrier for inspection all across the country. If you're operating with Motor Carrier Authority, do you know what your ISS number is? Not many in the room with Davis at Nastic did, that's sure. He got just three hands raised in the affirmative in response to the same question there. Each trained individual on the highway that's doing roadsides, what they do is they put in your DOT number, all right, and it brings up the software, literally brings up a stoplight, red, green, yellow. If you're one to 49, that's green light. 50 to 74, that's yellow light, means you may be look, may be worth a, a look. And if you're above 75, you're you get the red light. Okay? And that those lights, those numbers are based upon your past client's history. So if you've had a lot of violations in the past, possibly you're up to a an alert status in a couple of your CSA basics, 
then you will have a high ISS score. Doesn't mean you're going to be inspected every time, but it does mean that between you and another another truck, a high ISS score will 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 cause that roadside inspection. Now, here's the trick. I've seen carriers that had no CSA scores. They had an adverse DOT audit, had some critical violations in the DOT audit. By the way, your CSA score has nothing to do with your safety rating score. It is apples and oranges. They are not the same, they're calculated differently. I've seen motor carriers that have had low CSA scores their ISS number, getting the green light, 20, 30, 15, 18. They have an adverse audit. And if they have an adverse audit, they quickly go up to the yellow light on the roadside. And if that audit contained critical violations in the hours of service, you automatically go to the red light. So if you have a DOT audit, they come in, they take your ELDs, they suck it down into the ERODS auditing program, and you end up with a critical violation, and it ends up being an enforcement, your score on the road will go to red light. It'll go 75 and above, usually mid-90s. And it'll stay that way until you correct that alert. Make sense? So if you, you have a critical violation in the office, it shows up on the road. Hours of service is the only SMS score that automatically puts you up into the alert category. Everybody should know your ISS number. And where you find it is if you log into your SMS scorecard, on the home page, you scroll all the way to the bottom, you'll see carrier history, and you'll see ISS score. You can click on that, and that will show you what your score is. Any questions on that? So that was on the FMCSA portal? Yes, or actually the FM, the SMS scorecard, which you can find on the portal or log directly into it. All right, we good? Let's keep moving here. Here we are crossing the scale. First thing the scale master is gonna do is put in the DOT number. Up comes the software. And in this case, it shows that we're in the inspect category because we have some alerts. Doesn't mean they use this every time, but when they do need an inspection, they will go to this ISS. Many times we've already shot ourselves in the foot before we get to that point. Here, a question from the audience, as summarized by Jeff Davis. The, the question is, if you get into the red category, how do you get out of that? Is it just a passage of time? Well, time does heal a broken heart to some degree because some of your violations will drop off. The algorithm for your ISS number is about 10 pages long. So it takes in a bunch of different factors of how they read. So the answer to your question is, don't get any more violations, stop because every violation going into your CSA scorecard is triple weighted. Triple weighted for the first six months it's on a carrier's CSA SMS profile, that is. Then another question. 
again summarized by Davis. The question is, and I see I, I can't avoid this anymore, <laughs> we've got uh, what can we do with a corrective action to to bring them in to look and see what we've done, okay? Technically, by policy, it doesn't mean that it's a hard, fast rule, but I've seen very few incidents where they'll come in under a request and inspect a vehicle, okay? Um, they're monitored very closely on that. They don't want to go down that trail because motor carriers, I believe, could set up different things to get a bunch of clean inspections, okay? So you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, the point is, they can't catch you and do your job when you're out on the road when you have a chance of something to break. So there's real no good way of doing that that I'm aware of, okay? Sorry for the good news, but it works that way. All right, we'll play this game. We did this last year. Look at this roadside inspection. What's my trigger event? event? Littering a cigarette butt on the window of a patrol car. <laughs> <laughs> what caused that inspection? All right, I know. Look at this, what did the driver have? A false law. You're telling me that that roadside inspector had x-ray vision, he looked through that truck, he saw that log was false, he just looked, the driver just happened to throw a cigarette butt out the window, I'm gonna go get that person. No, it was the trigger event that caused it. Here's another one, hard to read in the back, we got mud flap, defective ABS indicator lamp on the trailer, and we've got uh, insurance violation. So we're going down the road, we've got a mud flap missing, and we got an ABS lamp on the trailer lit up. What does that mean? Inspect me. Inspect me. It says, come inspect me. I'm lonely. I want to see an inspector. I want, I want to get my 25 bucks, except you're not going to get 25 bucks because an ABS light, once you're moving and hooked up down the road, it must be out. I go into motor carriers and I see they had 10 ABS lights on trailer. I did a case study with a client about a month ago. This blew my mind. About 100 drivers. I broke down all their roadside inspections and guess what? 85% of all their violations happened at a scale. Now I'm from the old school trucker. I trucked back when you had to crank 10 Lizzie to get it going. Back in those days, we never went over the scale to get the other. So we got one driver, I'm gonna call him Billy Bob. I'm looking at this roadside inspection, okay? And the roadside inspection says that there was a semblance of a tire hanging in the rim as the driver went over the schedule. This is honestly, this smart, but inspector writes that on me. Regular listeners will well recall Warren McCurdy's experience of rolling across a Washington scale with a flat trailer tire, a situation that led McCurdy to experience the impacts of inspection violations that Davis is talking about here. In McCurdy's case, he truly did not know the tire had lost the air it had. The trailer was empty, and it appeared to have happened in transit before he got to the scale. In the case that Davis mentioned, though, the outcome wasn't quite the same. To say the least. So the only, I call the owner and I say, hey, no big deal. But this is pretty weak. All right. What did the driver say? And he had talked to the driver. 
Called the driver in. Driver said, Boss, I'm really sorry. I knew that tire was that way, but I thought the scale house was on the other side. I thought they'd never see you on the other side of the train. 70% of all their roadside violations happen right at the scale. Do these scales move? No. No, they're set places. And most of their drivers, guess what, are dedicated up. So you're telling me you're going over the scale with baloney skins and no lights on, no seatbelt on, and you just want to wave at the investigator and drive Here's another one. Uh, failing to secure a load of cardboard boxes and plastic trash loose in the bed with plastic flying out while driving. Got into driver, didn't have a valid medical, it went on from there. So again, that's the trigger event. Here's another one, brake. Spoke from fourth axle, left side. I guess the brake had a couple cigars in there that was smoking. Driver's going down the road, tires on fire, doesn't realize it. Triggers the roadside inspection, IRP plate, annual inspection violation, so on and so forth. Here's one. Using a handheld telephone while operating a CMB, left hand, left ear, speeding 11 to 14 per hour, 67 in a 55 construction zone, failing to yield for four miles. The driver was completely distracted by their mobile phone. What do you expect? What do you expect an inspector to do? Oh, it must be a good conversation. I'll have to speak through the construction zone. <laughs> now, these are silly illustrations, but I can show you that the number one key to lower your CSA scores. You ready for this? This thing is, this is secret. I don't want this to get out anywhere, okay? Here's your number one key to lower your CSA scores. Every light burns every mile, every day. Every light burns every mile, every day. Every light burns every mile, every day, except for the ABS light on your trailer, and it must be out. Statistically, lights are the number one trigger event by far across the whole United States. Now, the key is, how do we get the driver to drop the trailer with the light out to tell somebody or get, take the time to get it fixed or the driver to fix it up? That's where the rub comes in. I've had carriers focus solely on their lights. And over a period of time, it takes about 18 months, they drop the number of roadside inspections they had and they drop their CSA score just by focusing on lights. That's what the data tells us. That's enough this trigger uh, We've got a ton of data to, to manage out there. We've got critical event data, we got camera data, we got CSA data, we got ELD data, we got all sorts of stuff going on out there. Okay? Let's try to bring it down to just a couple basic things that the agency wants us to do. Simplify things, in other words, to spend more effort at the root of many an owner-operator and or small fleet's compliance-related problems. Do the things that will give you a better chance of catching issues before the inspector does, or has to, as it were. Again, 
You didn't hear Davis the first for, wait, how many times was it? Every life burns every mile, every day. One. Every life burns every mile, every day. Two. Every life burns every mile, every day, except for the ABS light on your trailer, and it must be one hour. Hope to see you at Matt's in March. Find more on the subject of inspections with links in the show notes for this Overdrive Radio edition, wherever you're listening. Overdrive Radio is on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple and Google Podcasts, TuneIn, most any platform. Subscribe so you don't miss an episode, and if you're enjoying these, leave us a rating or review there. Big thanks in advance for it. Overdrive Radio is a production of Overdrive, the voice of the American trucker. It's edited and produced by me, Todd Dills, with the acoustic guitar and other support of trucker-songwriter Long Haul Paul Marhofer. The theme is Legend of the Snake Man by Marhofer, featuring the guitar work of Travis, the Snake Man himself, Wamek, Terry Two Socks, Richardson on bass, keys by Tishomingo Jim Whitehead, on drums, Andrew Marshall. The podcast is backed up further by Overdrive's own newsletter, Matt Colt, Executive Editor Alex Lockie and Video Editors Lawson Rubisil and Andrew Quinn. We'll see you next time.